All right, welcome back to another episode of Hallway Discussions, and we've got a different guest this week. Um, we've got the Mindfulness and Meditation Society president on on the episode for us. So welcome, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. So to, um, this episode is really just going to be going into meditation, our experiences, what it means, kind of what it means for society and that kind of stuff. So all us tuck in. So just um, explain to us um, just a bit about you. Who, who are you? What, what's your society all about? And yeah, what are your experiences with meditation? Let's, let's start off with that. So um, my name's Kieran, which mm. you'll probably know. It's probably in the podcast title or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a second year mental health nursing student. Okay. And um, I've actually been here. I mean, it's te- in a way, it's my third year. So I did a year of psychology and changed. But, oh. um, but I'm back to... Uh, second year in mental health nursing. Um, what prompted that change? Well, it might have been partly the fact that it was during that sort of, you know, 2020 COVID year, sort of September 2020 cohort, and everything was online. Mm-hmm. But I found it was very sort of, um, I was learning, there was a lot of this sort of information I had to learn and memorize and all these, you know, facts and figures, but it didn't feel like any of it was really useful for what I was interested in. Okay, and my interest was um, my interest was uh, you know mental health, mm-hmm. obviously. So, um, and there wasn't it didn't feel like there was enough of that, and it, I I just it, it didn't feel very engaging. Mm-hmm. So, but um, the mental health nursing now that's definitely what you you've enjoyed, and are you starting? Are, is that actually what you're searching for, in terms of a course and fully understanding the complexities of what mental health is and all the associated like topics around that well mental health nursing is a lot more hands-on more hands-on it's mm. like you know it's not just learning a bunch of what felt to me you know stuff that wasn't that helpful mm-hmm. in my for my you know interest and it's, it's more like you know you 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 learn some basics of, of nursing or whatever and then and then you're just on placement mm-hmm. and you apply it you know straight away you don't have to wait three years to, to finish a course and then find you know a graduate job and sort of it's like it's very it's very much it feels like i'm being useful in mm-hmm. a sense it's not just you know it's just some th- abstract course that, yeah exactly okay yeah so how does uh, did you discover meditation or start practicing meditation before you started this um the psychology the, the psychology course or mm-hmm. the mental health nursing course yeah so so i i i first discovered meditation in my in my sort of early teens or mid-teens mm-hmm. I think when I was around 14 or 15 I just sort of I think I was I, I read about it in a book mm-hmm. and um, I I was interested enough to, to try it and and uh, it's something that um, you know I had I had some some interesting experiences with it and I felt you know this is something interesting this is something um, that worth Im- pursuing exactly right? yeah yeah because yeah. um I discovered it. It was actually quite a f- weird kind of a- experience because um, it, it was December, last mm. December. Mm-hmm. I just arrived back at home in Thailand mm. and um, I was extremely jet lagged. So I was waking up at like 4 a.m. and I was <laughs> scrolling through Instagram and then uh, a very interesting post popped up. It was like um, what the pharmaceutical companies are not telling you to do to improve your health. So one of them was meditation mm. and it got me thinking. Okay, monks do it, and it's medi- the benefits of meditation has always been described to me, mm-hmm. but it's never really been 
Like, never been interested in it, never saw the impact of it. So then after I saw that Instagram post, I was like, okay, I don't want to sit here all day in my bed until the, the sun comes up. So I got a little mat, placed it in front of my bed, got down, and I just started, I sat there, crossed my legs, started mm. breathing, started acknowledging my breathing. Mm. And yeah, I've, it started from there. Since December, I've tried to do it every single day for maybe five to six minutes a day, just starting mm. off. And yeah, no, it's been a pretty, pretty good experience for me. I can't lie. And mm. I'm so grateful that I've had that opportunity to, to actually experience it, you know. Have you, have you ever been, were you, if you don't mind me asking, have no, you ever been um, religious? Has that, has that any influence on why you started meditation at all? Well, I, I grew up in a, in a sort of, you know, um, secular family, or I suppose, you know, no particular um, you know, religious influences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, my, you know, my, my father is a scientist and is that, okay. that sort of, you know, that sort of, you could, it feels almost like the opposite of, of mm. a religious, you know, background in some sense. But um, so when I, when I discovered meditation, first of all, there was no, there was no religious connotation to that. There was this sense of, there was this, there was this, this, this sense in me of, of searching for something mm-hmm. and I didn't know what it was. There was a sense that there must be something more. Mm. And that's what perhaps led me in, in that direction. Um, and that sort of carried on for a few years. And it wasn't until I, I, I was a, around eight, 18. So, so I'm, I'm 22. So, okay. so this is back in 2018, 2019. I, I did my first meditation retreat, which was wow. w- with a Buddhist um, oh, you know, yeah, tell me about that, yo, because I did a similar thing. I'm yeah. curious to see your experience first. So, was it in the UK or? Yeah, so this was in this was in uh, the UK in Devon, in Devon, okay. in Gaia House, which is a which is a retreat center. Okay, and so was it a week long, two week long, uh, like kind of retreat thing? Well, what did it entail? What was the daily routine? So, so these a lot of these retreats at uh, Gaia House, these entry level retreats, they're sort of five days. So it'll be, that's, and that's, that's, you know, includes arriving and leaving. So there's three days of silence, you mm-hmm. know, of, of practice, full of practice. And um, so, you know, you get, you get there to the center, you've, you've traveled all day and you arrive. And uh, there's a sense of, this is, you know, a very still place you've arrived at. There's a sense of, of, of quiet and, and um, peacefulness there. And um, you, you know you check in and all that sort of thing, and you settle in, and you have you have dinner, you have a meal mm-hmm. normally, and um, you, you meet the people who are going to be on the retreat with you. You have a chat with them and, and eat your food, and then and then not you know that evening there'll be a there'll be a meditation period, and there'll be this there'll be this formally you know entering a period of retreat. So you know there'll be a, a bell will be rung or whatever, or just this you know there's an acknowledgement that now we, we're not gonna we're not gonna speak for the, for the next few days, and we're just gonna practice meditation and. So from that point on, it, there is there's silence observed. You know, mostly. Um, was it led by like a, a Buddhist monk, or was mm. it led by like a, a person who's been practicing meditation for a, a long period of time? Then. So it was led by two teachers called um, Alan Brigman. Sorry, Alan Lewis and Laura Brigman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they they had both they both used to be monastics they were, they were they were you know monks a monk and a nun mm-hmm. um and they i think they, they ordained to the monastery in sussex called a chithurst buddhist monastery or chita viveka um the, so yeah they 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 been in lived monastic life for for you know 10 15 years each of them and and, um, and ended up um returning to 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 lay life um but they you know continued to teach meditation mm-hmm. and um 
what was what was very you know helpful for me and, and um uh, yeah is that uh, i had this you know this retreat and there was and there was this, this it was very profound for me you know there's certain experiences and 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 um, in what way profound did you like did you start seeing things in your meditation practice were there like colors because i've had i've had pretty wild pretty wild experiences my meditation in terms of visions mm-hmm. and going deep down into subconscious so what, what was the most profound what was the profound things that you discovered while doing this uh, practice at this retreat well something i hadn't realized up to that point and maybe it's just, it's the same for a lot of us but there's there in my throughout my life there've been this sense of you know something missing like am i am i okay am i am i all right am i whole am i acceptable as a person there've been this this missing piece mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know what exactly clicked and it might have been something you know um one of the teachers alan was talking about a similar feeling that he he'd had in his at least in his you know younger life but something to on the on the last day of the retreat something shifted and there was a sense of there was this sense of um you know i am okay mm-hmm. and i always have been okay and i always will be okay and on some level everything everything is okay wow and there are problems there are all of these problems in in the world and and there's obviously things that, that we can do to change you know and to to pe- improve people's lives and there's a lot of suffering and there's a lot of you know all of these issues and there's that but there's also there's this place where where if you if you allow the the ideas of the past and the and the future to drop and there's just this this present moment here and there's just this body mm-hmm. sitting here and this mind and the breathing then you realize that in a certain sense nothing's there's not a hair out of place in the whole world wow and uh, wow. <laughs> and anyway, but but when you, and when you when you start to have a glimpse of that, and of course it passes. And I thought that's great. I'm cured now. You know, right? That's I've <laughs> you know I'm sort everything sort everything. Of course, it only lasted if, you know a couple of days or whatever that sense. But when you've seen that, you can't really unsee it. And then you know, and then that 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 really from that point onwards, it, this this practice became the focus of my life. Focus of your life. Mm-hmm. So are you. You're still doing it every day, or mm. what's what, what's your daily routine like then? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I pretty much practiced every, you know, most days, almost every day since since starting the practice. But especially since that time, it mm-hmm. really make it a commitment to to do something. And 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 you know, it is it is about practicing every day, even if it's even if it's you know five minutes or whatever. That's that's you know, it's um, you start to build up this routine. Mm-hmm. and this this continuity because if you just meditate once a week or once a month or whatever it's not really yeah, you know really worth you don't really get the full benefits of it no. you get the consistency because it no. is it is an it is pretty much an art isn't it mm. trying to build up and something you need to work on and practice mm. and develop kind of find out your the techniques as well as finding the way that works for you and how your meditation affects your mind mm. clearing your mind because what is it i've started going to your society events i was there yesterday Ah, and um, I really that was probably one of the past few months has been quite tough for me mm. to get into a quite relaxed and meditative mm. state. Mm. But especially last session, it was it really put me into a. I started um, is the yoga right at the end of the mm. yoga just before the the long stretches we were mm. holding. Um, that really got me relaxed. I started kind of clearing my mm. mind mm. and. A lot of colors have kind of started appearing in my meditation. Really? A lot of colors, uh, mostly 
like light blue, dark blue, and mm. sometimes sometimes red, mm. which was quite interesting. And I started seeing, I saw myself for the, like the third time. I guess that's only happened a couple times beforehand, where I was on I was on my bedroom floor and um, meditating, and then suddenly, without my eyes opening, my eyes opened. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I could see kind of the world around me. Mm. I could see my bed. I could see my desk. I could see my closet. And then I sort of like turned around and mm. I saw myself mm. kind of sitting there, which was like, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> How is this happening? It's very, um, very out of body kind of experiences. And I know a lot of athletes have started incorporating meditation into their kind of workout routine. Is it Novak Djokovic or something? He's been doing it every day and he's had a couple out-of-body experiences, which didn't really take at the time. It took it not really at face value. It's like, oh, yeah, he's mm-hmm. just saying that. But now that I've experienced it and actually I can understand, wow, it can have a very deep and profound effect, you know? And, you know, it's... <laughs> what was the most... Do you ha- Have you had any of these visions or, like, colors come creeping out of um, in your vision during the meditation? So, so when we when we practice meditation, you know, regularly, and 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 some of us have more of an aptitude in this, an inclination in this direction than others. Mm-hmm. Some experiences can start happening. There can be there can be visions and and lights. There can be out of body experiences. There yeah. can be these sorts of things. It's all different for each person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And some people don't experience these things, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Um, it's. It's interesting. It's interesting in one sense because it can give you a, a sense of, oh, this is really this is something worth, this is something serious. This is something worth you know looking at, continuing to explore. Like there's there's more out there than what I knew about before, and it's like yeah. it can be an encouraging an encouraging sort of thing, can't it? Like mm-hmm. you're describing, like you know, wow, that's interesting. But for me at least, mm-hmm. for me at least, the, the practice is it's it's not about it's not about achieving certain states or or um experiences though these things happen mm-hmm. it's it's more about so you're developing this sense this calm first and and you know in your practice and in your life and then with that calm mind that we've we're, we're developing with the meditation you then start to investigate so so you start to investigate the body like what's what's the body who owns the body mm-hmm. and you start to investigate the mind and and you know who who's experiencing these thoughts and you start to you you use this calmness to then begin to to investigate and when we investigate we can start to to um see things differently to how we did before and we can have less clinging to things we can become less attached to things mm-hmm. and and through this this process then we, we can begin to hold things a little bit more lightly so whereas before something something very you know quite small might have upset us like i don't know maybe we're late for a lecture or whatever and we and we i mean i don't know if that's a good example and then we spend the whole <laughs> the whole day like it's not a good example the whole day like fretting about it and oh god i've missed i'm late for a lecture and uh, it's like if we start to do this through this practice and it takes a long time but we start to do this investigation we start to see we start to see that first that everything changes mm-hmm. that um uh you know we can't things aren't as solid and as stable as we thought they were and 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 we can start to we see that actually in a sense things are out of control they're just changing and we can't get everything perfect all the time so we start to let go a little bit and hold things a little bit more lightly and now these these little things that really upset us before now it's like well 
I wish I was on time for the lecture, but it's okay. It's not. It's okay. It's okay. And we start to, we start to be able to relax a little bit more. I really get the sense uh, just by your just your vibe. When I saw mm. you sitting on just outside the SU mm. shop, I saw it, it was like, whoa, he seems very relaxed, very calm, very collected, and really just in the moment. I don't think I've ever seen a person, maybe apart from the monk I had at the, at my mm. retreat, I haven't seen a person that in such a good vibe, relaxed, calm really in 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 your body you know if if that makes any sense you know so. well <laughs> i'm not like this all the time <laughs> i'm feeling i'm I mean, i've yeah, just no, not everybody is <laughs> see i've been i've just been at the faith center actually which is a, there's some nice places to meditate there i've just been meditating before this this podcast so i'm feeling quite relaxed but you should see me sometimes i get in a right state as well <laughs> sometimes i'll be fretting you know it's the thing is this is a long this is a long process yes exactly it's it's uh, it's not an overnight thing mm-hmm. And but yes, but I was just just you know in, in answer to your question, these these experiences do happen and they are interesting. Mm-hmm. But if we get a, if we start looking for these experiences and start getting attached to them, we sort of miss the point. Exactly. I, in my opinion, you start losing the point, and the actual motivation behind it is clear to take care of yourself mm. in a way. Because um, uh, I remember at my retreat, at least, mm. um, I was up in the mountains, mm. looking over the entire city, with the t- living in a, in a like, proper monk kind of set up mm. the center uh, the center the actual monk taking care of us and guiding mm-hmm. us through that he was he told us right at the beginning doing a very an intense like going into a meditation retreat something you probably most of us have never done before and start actually focusing on yourself mm. a lot of stuff a lot of stuff that you've like kept down is going to come up oh yeah it's all going <laughs> to come up and I think I didn't take it so seriously at the time. I was like, oh, I don't have stuff. I don't have stuff to deal with. But then I, at the end of it, I was like, wow, okay. It's kind of like a cleanse. It was a cleanse in a yeah. way. And it was it was quite tough to deal with. It was a very intense situation to put myself in. But um, it only took me, it took me a few weeks after the old retreat experience to realize, oh, wow, to actually get a sense of what I just went through mm-hmm. and what I have, how I developed as a person. I think it was, because um, I struggled with a lot of confidence, I think, towards mm-hmm. the end of last year with the exams and excitements mm-hmm. all building up. And I think I finally got back my sense of, I could, if I want to try this, I can do it. Mm-hmm. It's more of a development of myself and confidence. And I think, I th- I'm really thankful that monk to say, yo, some stuff is going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> some stuff is going to come up and you just need to be able to Look at it, look at it, accept it, and kind of move on. Kind of let it go, and let it come. If it comes back, okay, it comes back. But then just keeping a calm and ready face, um, calm and calm mindset about it, and just trying to let go of it, which I think was pretty very profound experience for me at least. You know, it's those mitri- retreats are a whole different world, and I think sometimes we need it. I think us as humans, being in the modern world. It's a bit hectic. <laughs> it's a bit hectic. Oh, it's chaos. It's absolute chaos. And um, I posted um, some photos of it on my mm. on my Instagram saying, okay, sometimes a break from society mm. is needed. Mm. Get rid of the, get rid of all the distractions and have a time to focus on you, mm. which I think is is missing. And especially the mental health crisis we are going through and now in in the West and pretty much the whole world, I think, mm. have we forgotten the importance? of meditation and spirituality, do you think? And focusing on ourselves and trying to better ourselves? It's a pretty big question, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think I do think there's a disconnection from 
from spirituality that we're facing in our in our modern world and our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with with um, organized religion. I think you know there's a there's a there's a lot. I know there's a lot of um, backlash against against certain you know things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think in the past you know um, you know maybe maybe in the early 20th century or whatever there was a lot more of it there and bef- and before that time there was more of a focus on on um uh spirituality mm-hmm. through the lens of of uh organized religion but i think i think it can get it, it can get buried by dogma mm-hmm. and and prob- and things like this and you can lose touch with what religion was actually supposed to be about which is about spirituality in my feeling mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think with with the decline of of religion, which seems to to have happened, which and for you know for various reasons, you know, and I can understand uh, there's, be, there's been a lot of problems and people have lost faith in these institutions, you know. Um, I think there's been there's been some sense of disconnect from spirituality as well. It's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, mm. and I think also as we as we progress in terms of technology and and. Um, yeah, in terms of technology, and we we're able to do things more quickly, and we ha- we're able to communicate across the world, and and information at the touch of our, you know, of a, of a button, all these sorts of things. It's like we're able to do things a lot more efficiently and fast and quickly, but we've we're, we're not we're not present anymore. We're not actually we're not actually in touch with what it what it means to 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 just you know we're we're very much absorbed, and 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 you know by by. That's what it seems to me by technology. Losing, um, our, losing our sense of humanity in a way, or is so we're being absorbed by technology. What, what do you mean by that? Are we just consumed constantly with, well, with computers? With that's always it's always on us, right? We have a laptop, we have mm-hmm. a phone, we have all that. So is that just com- consuming us? Or well, what, and of course, and of course, I don't want to demonize technology because there's no, there's no, good things. Not. There's you know we're having doing this podcast now and we're <laughs> recording it onto a computer and then we'll put it on the internet. And that's great. Yeah. But it does seem that the trade off is that, um, as you say, we're we're you know it's like in the past I'd imagine if you're bored, you might read a book or maybe you just or you're waiting for an appointment. You just maybe you just sit there. I don't know or reading. And there's a sense of there's a sense of you're almost forced to be with your stuff. Like you talked about your retreat where all this stuff came up. Yeah. Because you're forced to be with it because there's no phone. There's just you're meditating. It's like yeah. there was more of that I think in the past and now it's like if you if you if you feel a bit uncomfortable or, or you're bored and you just reach for like tiktok and just you know distract yourself yeah and of course there's always been distraction like in the past there's, there's there were all the same problems but i think i think i, I do wonder whether in, in modern life this this fast-paced lifestyle and and um and the way and 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 this disconnect as well especially with everything going online and all these sort this, these different things they may make it more difficult to 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 connect to to um well, the the present moment, or, or um, yeah, I think there's 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 a sense of ungroundedness and disconnect. Ungroundedness, mm. hmm. the sense of never being, never being safe, never being comfortable with yourself, and is that probably it's probably one of the main fuelers of the mental health the mental mm. health crisis we're all experiencing, not being yeah. able to cope or deal head on with ourselves. It's not a sense of if we're able to do it, I don't think. I think everybody's definitely capable of dealing with whatever life has thrown at them. But the thing is the fear. The fear of 
seeing what comes out of you, mm. seeing what is who who are you? I think that's I think one of the main points I've discovered for me. Who am I? What what do I want from life? You know, mm. What is what is the meaning of life? Mm, you good know? question. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the question. But I found um, from my experience, at least um, at the start of the meditation retreat, the, yes. the monk gave us a little piece of paper yeah. right after we did. We did 20 minutes of walking meditation, uh -huh. which was actually quite interesting. Yes. So I never I never heard of walking mm. meditation. So I was walking slowly, like kind of in my mind. Okay, right foot up, right foot forward, stopping, actually kind of mm -hmm. aware of my movements. Mm -hmm. right? I found that quite difficult mm. instead of just sitting down and just breathing and focusing on the breathing without any other distractions. But I think the the monk, he told us, he gave us a little piece of paper saying, May all sentient after every session, F all may all sentient beings be free from disease, from ill health, from danger, and all that. Mm. He talked about all sentient beings as well as yourself, and I think mm. that was a very good way to compliment that this is all about your self benefit and trying to understand who you are, mm. but also not, but also to acknowledge that people around you as well, that they are, they might be suffering or people might be having a hard time. Being able to acknowledge that and yourself, I think, was a very was a very touching moment for me. I think I was like, "Wow, this is not just about me." It seems to me that when we when we engage in this work in this practice of of working with our stuff, and this can be in in, in a sense, it can be with you know therapy and and other modalities like this and counselling and any sort of inner work, but mm -hmm. but but in certainly meditation practice, this stuff is this can this stuff is coming up from our subconscious. Yeah. You know the fear and pain and anger and you know all these things, and it's it seems like that's what's driving us. That's what's driving you know that's our conditioning. That's driving us to act the way we act and to do the things we do. And it's like I'm hurting you and angry at you because of the pain I'm feeling, and I'm and I'm lashing out to sort of you know. It's so we're we're very much driven by these by by these you know um, uh, unresolved emotions that we we have, and we're not even aware of them. Yeah. So so when we're when we're allowing them to come up, as you say, and we're and we're 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 not. We're not pushing them away. We're not repressing them, but neither are we indulging in them. We're just allowing them to be here, yeah. you know. And as we allow them to be here, then they can they can resolve themselves. They can they they sort of as you fully experience this unresolved emotion, it's f fully met now in this moment. Then it can be allowed to integrate back into the rest of your being, mm -hmm. and we can overcome it. And when when we do that, we're not just doing it for ourselves. Though we feel the most immediate relief. But when I'm when I'm starting to process all of this stuff that's that's driving my my you know my less action. than ideal actions, yeah, exactly. Then other people are going to feel the benefit of it, mm -hmm. and they're going to sense as well. This you know, um, I I really think that that uh, you know the more the more people who are who are doing this work and 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 you know processing this stuff and and coming to this this sense of you know of um, calmness and then. then we can, that's how we can we can slowly start to to reduce the problems in 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 the world in on this small level and starting with ourselves because that's where problems largely seem to come from is from is from um, unresolved conflict mm. and emotion from ourselves and mm -hmm. just on the and just what you were saying before and you kind of take away by acknowledging them you take away the power of the fear of of all the things that negatively affect you from the stuff you're bearing you take away the power from it being able to acknowledge okay. This is part of me. Let's deal with it. Let's take away the power. I am I am who I am. And let's deal with it. And take away 
Yeah, and as you said, developing that, it just not benefits me, it benefits everybody around me. Mm. My media family, my society as a whole, if you want to go into a good job, who knows, mm. whatever. It's just having a better outlook, I think, better mm. outlook, and as well as your friends can acknowledge that as well, which is, I think, one of the big, big things for me is being able to, to say and acknowledge that my friends were there, mm-hmm. were there for me and mm-hmm. encouraged me because... Oh, Initially, when I told my parents, oh, I'm going to go on a meditation mm-hmm. retreat, um, they were like, huh? <laughs> Nick, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> the thinking back, I was like, oh, Nick, two years ago, would never have done mm-hmm. this. But I'm happy to say, no matter if my parents who, who didn't, didn't disapprove or just a bit confused, I'm happy I went through it. Mm-hmm. And I powered myself through it. You know, it's, it's a very intern, I don't know how to describe it. It was a very mind-blowing kind of experience. It's like, wow, I can take care of myself while taking care of everybody else around me. It was a very eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, just by this podcast, the power of meditation or mm. of being with yourself and acknowledging mm. yourself has had such profound impacts all across the world. As if more people were to indulge in it, maybe the world would be a better place. Who knows? <laughs> But also, it's it's the hardest thing someone can do is to is to face themselves. You yeah. know, there's a there's a, a saying I don't I don't quite remember where it's from. Maybe it's maybe it's Taoist or, or Buddhist. I don't know. But it's something like um, uh, the man the man who conquers himself is greater than the, than well, the person than, than the the person who who defeats a, a thousand foes yeah. or, in, or something like that. And I yeah. think it's really true because mm. the last thing we want to do. The last thing we want to do is actually experience these painful emotions. We'd much rather, you know, have a drink yeah. or eat something or, or Netflix. Just, yeah, Netflix, exactly. I think um, that reminded me of a book. Um, maybe, maybe you've heard of it, 12 Rules for Life. By, oh, yes. From Jordan Peterson. Peterson. He yeah. says, take care of yourself mm-hmm. like you would take care of your pet, mm-hmm. which I think is a very, very interesting point. And that's back to the message you, you brought up earlier of, of, you know, loving kindness. May I be well may all beings be free from suffering. You know, yeah. it's like we have to, we, a lot of us, especially in the West, it seems perhaps um, in our, our culture, we have this sense of, oh, we're not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, I, I need to be better and I don't deserve happiness. And it's like, that's, that's very counterproductive because if we don't feel worthy, then we're not going to, we're not going to look after ourselves. And if we don't look after ourselves, we can't actually begin to change and to, and to prove yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. So the step one is, is accepting where we're at now and, and, and having, well, you could say having loving kindness for where we're at now, and, and mm. may I may I be well, may may I, be you know care for myself. Yeah. You know? And as I know, we're only we're speaking from the West. Mm. How do you think that is different in in Asia, for example, or or in America or something? Is it just is this uniquely a a Western problem from your from your understanding? Well, I, I, obviously, I, I've, you've spent more time in Asia than I have, haven't you? You've lived in Thailand, so I can't really, I can't really speak other than from my own experience. But what I, what I have heard is various, you know, the experience of with Buddhism coming from the East in in yeah. the twentieth century. So you know, Eastern teachers like you know, for instance, the Dalai Lama, obviously a Tibetan teacher, and coming to teach Westerners, and Westerners would come up with issues like, you know, I I feel so. I feel so guilty. I feel so ter- meditations making me feel uh, I'm aware of all this guilt I have, and I don't feel good enough. And, all, uh, mm-hmm. and they'll ask, they, you know, they asked the Dalai Lama, you know, what's what's going on? And he said, 
I don't, I don't, this doesn't happen to, you know, so from, from what I've heard and read, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's something, it seems to be something that that's more common in our culture as we struggle a little bit more with these issues of, of self-worth and, and, and not feeling good enough and all these sorts of things. And perhaps that's less of an issue in, in, in some other cultures, but, but it, that's, that's just, you know, what I've heard. Mm-hmm. And if, I mean, I, if it's, if it's true, then I, then we, we need to have a, you know, we need to be when we adjust these these practices that come from a different cultural background of you know of, of countries in asia like you know buddhist practice we need to we need to we need to hold this in a way which is which is beneficial for us and and mm-hmm. and you know we need to be we need to be very kind to ourselves i think i never knew that there these kind of retreats existed mm. in the uk mm. i never i never would have assumed that they would have existed I would have, yeah, I knew there would be churches, I knew there would be mosques, I didn't realize there would be whole kind of retreats dedicated to meditation and the Buddhist kind of way of life. I never, that was, it was very fascinating to me, can't lie. I've never, yeah, never would have expected it. I thought it was just a uniquely an Asian thing. No, it's all over the, the over the country, uh, all over, you know, Europe and the US. There's, there's very, you know, very good teachers and, and good centers in, in this in this country. And it's not just Buddhists, you know, as I say, I mean, I, I think there's also what we're talking about is something that's that, you know, uh, underlies many religions or perhaps all religions is what trying to aim for the same thing. And I've met I've met, you know, um, uh, a Christian meditation teacher called John Butler. He has videos on YouTube. He's quite really? successful. Okay. Actually. He has a lot of views, actually. He's but he's one of the most um, incredible people I've ever met. Wow, just exudes stillness. Really, quite something. And he's a he, you know he has a Christian background, and also he's practiced with a, a you know a, a Hindu teacher in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Very, he's quite elderly. He's practiced you know since the fifties or sixties or whatever. But he's he's it's another completely different religion. He's using different words, and he's talking about the Bible. But he's he's saying exactly the same thing that my Buddhist teachers would say with their own language. It's mm-hmm. the same. You have this felt sense of, of of they're coming from this place of presence, you know, of, of stillness. It's the foundations of yeah. most religions, I think, we're, yeah. we're discovering. I think, which yeah. I think, I again, I'm probably very ignorant of the fact that I I assumed meditation was all a maybe because my assumptions and what I've experienced from a religious point of view because I I went to church school when I was a kid, every Sunday mm. for a couple of hours, never really enjoyed it, never mm. really taught. It's just taught about Adam and Eve, you know, those biblical stories, mm-hmm. not to take away the importance of them for some people. But I never thought that people could incorporate all all religions have the same kind of foundations. Okay, Be with yourself present, whether or not you use Jesus or mm-hmm. or some other godly figures as a as a guide. I mean, I didn't understand Christianity at all until I practiced Buddhism for several years. Because <laughs> yeah. I was spending, I, I was spending a couple of months actually at, at a Buddhist monastery in Sussex. I was, you know, staying there, and um, I went on a walk to. It's on. It's it's very near the South Downs. So I went on a walk to the South Downs, and there was this old church, and um, and we went in the church, and there was a little, you know, you know, a bit of writing on the on the wall, and it said something like, you know, the the Lord is my shepherd, and it was this sort of Christian language. Yeah. And I've been, I went to church school as well as a kid, and I heard all this stuff, and I thought, what on earth, what on earth do you mean, the Lord is my? What who is, is this? <laughs> who is this? Who is this person? And you know, what you know, but but, but after being on this you know period of retreat and all this this practice and starting to have this experience of of presence of this stillness and and you start to think well maybe i can, maybe maybe i can take it in the sense that that um there is this there is this presence underlying everything um and it's it's sort of 
you can feel from that sense of there's this intuition of, of what I, what do I need to do, what's appropriate in this moment, and and there's this comfort there. He's it's almost like I feel you know I I don't know it's it starts it spoke on a different level to what when I first heard it. If you take for me if you take it literally, you know some some um, scripture that's not I think it's you're missing something. I think I think it's it's operating on a very deep level. And you have to you have to have some experience of what this is talking about, some practical experience of touching this reality. You need to actively pursue it in a way, or yeah, you need to. Otherwise, otherwise it's just a story. Otherwise, it's just you know something that's been handed down from there's past. No, there's it no needs, meaning. Yeah, it needs to be alive. Mm-hmm. It needs to be alive now in this moment, in this you know, in touching this presence. And that's what they're all pointing to. Mm. But we we can lose that. Mm. Yeah, not definitely because yeah, I don't think from my. My, I don't know how many years, two years of church school, I <laughs> was ever taught any of the deep meanings or any of the realizations of what those biblical stories were trying to trying to explain. I don't think maybe they didn't explain it to a very good extent. And also probably I was I was forced to be there. I didn't want no, to be there. Yeah. So if you're, if you're being forced to do something, mm-hmm. there is no interest. You wouldn't no, probably the, have an interest. In I it. don't think that's helpful. And and you were, the thing is, you if you know you could read about buddhism in fact there's people there was a period in in thailand i've i've read in the in the you know hundreds of years ago there was a period where they didn't they meditation practice pretty much died out and what they would do in the monasteries is they they still had monks in monasteries but they were, they had these ancient texts called from from uh, you know the pali canon which is this ancient you know scriptural language of um, of the you know of buddhism mm-hmm. and um they had you know these these scriptures and for instance a scripture on how to do meditation but they wouldn't actually do the meditation. <laughs> they chant the scripture, and they think if they thought if I chant this scripture enough times, I'll get enlightened. <laughs> but that's missing the point. You're supposed to actually do what the scripture. You know, you're supposed yeah. to actually do the meditation. <laughs> and it's like that is if you if you don't have the if you don't have the actually practice, if you don't if you don't experience what you know this this deeper um, you know meaning. And this if you if you're not, for instance, meditating or or um, or I mean, I think you can use the word prayer as well, which I think has many different. It can mean you know there are different types of prayer. I mean, it I, also this, has meditative kind of properties. Yes, exactly. It? Different meditative connotations, and there are Christian meditations, for instance. Um, I think you need to be you need to be experiencing these things to to be in touch with what what the, you know the scriptures are actually talking about. Otherwise, otherwise you'll miss the point and you'll be chanting the scripture, but you have to. You have to put it into. You have to, you know, put it into practice. <laughs> you can. It's like it's like a, a, a popular metaphor, or I've, I've heard from other teachers. It's like, it's like you know, you can, you can. Um, some I can tell you all about what an apple is. I can describe it to you. What it looks like, what it feels like, mm-hmm. how how to grow an apple. I can tell you all, all about an apple, but you won't actually how you won't actually know what it tastes like until you taste a bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody can explain to you. Oh, it tastes sweet. Yeah. It tastes sour. Yeah. Until you actually, yeah, hmm. wow. So we have to actually, we have to sort of take a bite out of the app. We have to actually touch this, this deeper, you know, rea- reality. And we have to, well, not it's not a deeper reality. It is. It's we have to, we have to see what's already here. We have mm. to to allow allow ourselves to be quiet enough to see what's 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 already going what's on. What's already around us yeah. and happening. Yeah. I mean, um. That's come on. That's just give me a thought. Um, for me, at least, there were two two parts of realization for me during my meditation. It was the mm. kind of the <clears throat> the the self help. I was like, okay, this is my issues. I need to acknowledge them and kind of move on from that. 
but it also gave me a, a very deep understanding and appreciation of the power of the brain. Okay. The brain um, being able to go to these new kind of not dimensions. They're not really dimensions, but the power of how our brain works, being mm -hmm. able to put ourselves into new environments and being able to pr presently acknowledge them with something so profound and such a very, something I didn't really, I took for granted, like the brain, you know, yeah, I'm here now, my senses are all around me, you know, but being able to like elevate that to a new mm -hmm. kind of state was very interesting for me. Very, very interesting. The power of the brain, very underestimated. Nobody, <laughs> nobody realizes the power of the brain. And because what is it? Meditation breeds kind of like the delta, beta, uh, beta waves within mm -hmm. your. Because they did some scientific studies mm -hmm. on it. In the, put you put them into an MRI. Mm -hmm. They start meditating. De delta waves, beta waves. Don't really exactly know what these waves doing, <laughs> but it does show that there is something going on while you're in this kind of meditative state and trying to be with yourself. There is some. Si there is science behind it, which I think a lot of people kind of dismiss. A lot of people, from from what I've talked to people about meditation, they're like, "Oh, it's just some religious <laughs> stuff, you know. This is nothing, nothing to do with science or anything." But no, science, science kind of backs this up in a sense. It is a, a worthwhile, scientifically proven kind of strategy. Is is that something as as you're going into mental health nursing? Mm. Is this something? So will you be like diagnosing people and giving them kind of treatment plans, or what, what is the what is the role? I mean, there is there is this sense of of sort of assessing what might be going on for a person and and um, being able to respond to that and create treatment plans, which we will then sort of you know apply. Um, I think I think a lot of a lot of the role is very much to me. It seems like a very much a caring role, and and these people are you know for instance they might be in a in a psychiatric unit, mm -hmm. um, and and they're, they're very unwell, perhaps experiencing psychosis or or acute. You know, severe depression, yeah. and and often, I mean, I, I think the diagnosis tends to come from a from a you know a, um, consultant psychiatrist or someone like that or a okay. doctor, um, and then you know, some nurses can prescribe medication, mm -hmm. but mostly again it's a, a doctor. But then then we're 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 um, uh, administering this medication, and, we're, and but but we're also but the main thing we're doing is I think. Is um, caring for these people and and who are you know acutely distressed very often, mm -hmm. and and um, we're we're just looking after them. Anything from the basic needs, like it can be personal care, even in in, in you know and and helping them to to you know eat and drink in certain circumstances. But 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 often, you know, but often it's just it's just um, um, they're experiencing some some distress. They might have a delusional belief. Yeah, and you just and you can you listen and you can learn to. You can learn to um, to to help you know provide a calm a calm presence and 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 help um, de-escalate situations and, yeah. and um, but it's hmm. yeah it seems like there is this 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 aspect of holding space as well which seems like a lot of psychi psychiatric professionals mental health professionals that seems to be a part of what it's about yeah oh. mm. we're almost out of time mm -hmm. so I just want to end on one final one final like question. Mm. What's one piece of advice you would give to somebody if they're ever, if they're considering to start meditation or looking into these kind of practice? What's one piece of advice you would give them? Well, I'd say, I'd say, um, as I said earlier, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to pursue this thing, the meditation, you know, try to practice every day, even if it's only five minutes, start with five minutes. That's what I did every evening, five minutes. And then maybe 
six minutes and then you know just slowly slowly allow it to to, to build mm-hmm. and and um and you know uh find find a, a comfortable th- practice that you can maintain don't force it maybe you can do maybe you can do 10 minutes a day that's okay or maybe you can do 15 minutes twice a day that's that's good you know um find something find something that's sustainable but but also you know that that's having positive effects and apply that and then also remember that meditation is not just about sitting down on the cushion and and it's not about that it's about your whole life yeah so so um can i bring this awareness to my life what's my body doing when i'm sitting down talking to you and i'm on this podcast can i can i feel my breath as i'm speaking and the vibrations of my voice and my my, my body sitting here it's like and then also this aspect of if you're if you're um you're meditating you're trying to me- have a meditation practice but you're living your life in a in a way which is quite um which isn't very peaceful it's quite unconducive to this practice so so maybe maybe um uh, i don't i don't know your your um uh, you have to you have to start watching what you know how you how you you know for instance what what something that's difficult for me is i can spend hours on netflix sometimes or whatever yeah. and and waste <laughs> and then when i when i do that then i feel kind of groggy and horrible and it's not don't feel very good about myself so the way you live your life has an has a profound effect on your meditation practice and your meditation practice will only work to the extent that that you you begin to address that as well so so try and try and build an ethical foundation to your life and 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 you know try and try and be kind to yourself and other people Mm -hmm. so that's the two the two things to take away is, is is you know have your daily meditation practice that's great and, you know, but then bring it into your life. So bring awareness into your life and ask, how can I be kind to myself and other people? Wow. Mm. Kieran, thank you for coming on. For the, thank you for coming on to the podcast. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And um, if you guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you have any other ideas of who should we be talking to and what should we be talking about, please get in touch. But Kieran, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. It was lovely. Okay.